104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Hispanic Chamber Connection. This is a radio program that features and promotes members of the Texas Gulf Coast Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. This show is broadcast from Lone Star Community Radio in downtown Conroe and can be heard at 104.5 and 106.1 FM or on the internet at IRLoneStar.com, or you can always watch this as a Facebook Live on the Hispanic Chamber's Facebook page. My name is Tom Brody, and I'm the Vice President of Membership for the Chamber. A quick update on Dr. Carlos Sanchez. Um, it's very good news. He's been getting great reports from his doctors, and they think he's very close to being released. He's in great spirits. I saw him yesterday, and he thanks everyone for all the prayers and support he's been receiving, and we all look forward to having him back with us very soon. This program is sponsored by the Mail Agency, an executive partner in the Chamber, and a full-service residential and commercial insurance agency. Our guest today is Teresa DeFord. Uh, she is the owner of the DeFord Law Firm. How are you today, Teresa? I'm great. Thank you. Real quick, tell us what's the best way to get in touch with you. Is it by text, phone, or email? Phone is generally still the best. It's 281-466-2305. And of course, um, email is always good as well. Um, my email directly is Teresa, um, T-E-R-E-S-A dot DeFord, D-E-F-O-R-D at DeFordLawFirm.com. Great, fantastic. And we'll be talking with Teresa in more detail in a few minutes, but first I want to describe the, the purpose of this radio program. Um, the Spank Chamber Connection is one of the many benefits of membership in our chamber. So if you are a member and haven't appeared on this radio program, please send me an email. My email address is tom at tombrody.biz, and we'll get you on the calendar. Uh, we've had a great response from our members this year, and the people that are on the radio um, really enjoyed it, and, and we've had a lot more people sign up for it. So we're actually booked solid through May. So if you're looking to be on the radio, it's going to be June, but don't let that uh, discourage you. Let's get you on the calendar right now because June's going to be here before you know it. Um, we also have a show, a radio show in Spanish on Thursdays at 10 o'clock on AM station 920, uh, and that is also booked up through May. So both of our radio programs are getting really good response and just a lot of participation. And the one thing that the radio program does, um, is, as our president, Dr. Carlos, always says, the chamber is really focused on delivering four goals to its members, visibility, business connections, targeted education, and member advocacy. And I can think of no better way to fulfill all four of these goals than to have you and your business featured on one of our radio programs. We also have an email newsletter that goes out every um, Sunday afternoon, informing our members and, and guests about upcoming events and meetings. And if you're not on the newsletter, again, please send me an email, tom at tombrody.biz, and we'll get you on there right away. Uh, if you have any questions for Teresa that you'd like to find out, please text them to me at 713-906-3710. So let's get back to Teresa now. Um, I looked on your website, and I, I saw that your initial experience as an attorney dealt with litigation in the trucking and oil field injury world. But now you're in a very different field. Tell, tell us about that journey and what caused the change. So you know, the, the practice of law is a bit of a journey. I mean, you, sometimes when you go to law school, you don't necessarily know what you want to do. Um, and sometimes you find out different things that you like doing along the way. So I started out doing commercial litigation, ended up doing trucking litigation for um, big oil field companies and, and loved it at the time. It was great. It was very good. Um, education, and I got to travel all over the state, um, including uh, Louisiana. I, I became licensed in Louisiana to do oil field law there as okay. well. 
Um, but at some time along the way, I've been practicing now for 20, um, 24 years. Okay. And at some point along the way, I kind of decided that it, it, it made more sense for me and, and it felt more comfortable to deal with individuals personally. Um, I had a, an experience um, where a friend of mine, of mine and my husband's died unexpectedly, and we kind of helped her through that process. And in that process, we learned that, you know, that there's a very big need in the estate planning and probate side. And, and I also, you know, sort of started doing that in family law as well. So, so now I do family law from, from death or from birth to death, you know, from little kids to, to elderly people and helping them along the way and all of those things that they need. Oh, well, that's, that's very interesting. Um, I understand that you, you were, your undergrad degree was from Michigan State. So what, what brought you to Texas? Yes, yes. So I'm a Yankee. I try not to tell people that. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> but I've, I've lived here now for 27 years. So I've actually lived in Texas longer than I ever lived in Michigan. Okay. Um, so um, in college, I, went, I did go to Michigan State, go Spartans. Um, and uh, I, I studied political philosophy and criminal justice. And I, I did know that I wanted to go to law school at that okay. time. Um, but I had this great opportunity when I was in college to intern with the Drug Enforcement Administration. Really? So I, I interned with them um, while I was in college and then got a job there. So I hoofed it off to D.C. and, and worked at the DEA headquarters in, in Washington, D.C. for a, free, a couple of years. Um, and at that time, I was engaged to my husband and he got a job and that transferred him over to San Francisco. So we moved to San Francisco. Wow, okay. Um, and continued working um, for the DEA then, and we were kind of just determining where we were going to end up. Um, we thought it was going to be in California, but it ended up being in Texas. And okay. so, so I came here and went to law school here, and, and the rest is history. So uh, we've been here now for um, over 27 years. Wow, okay. So what prompted you to want to become an attorney? I mean, you said you had an inkling that you wanted to do that as an undergrad, but what was it? Was there one particular thing in your life? You that... know, it's funny there wasn't. Um, okay. And I've, I've, I've thought about this a lot because I think most people do have some sort of situation or event in their life where they wanted to become an attorney um, or they have a family member or mm -hmm. somebody else that they knew that was an attorney. And, and I really didn't. I grew up in a very small town in Michigan uh, farm country where there there weren't any attorneys. Nobody there was no nobody way. in my town that was an attorney. Okay. I didn't know any attorneys, but but somewhere along the line, um, um, I I picked up on this idea that I thought being an attorney would be cool, and and just you know always wanted to do that, and knew that that's what I wanted to do. So okay, so how long were you an attorney before you established your own law firm? Um, about. 17 years. So okay. I graduated from the University of Houston in 1995, and I opened my firm in 2012. Wow. Okay. And so, so what drove you to want to open your own firm? Well, part of it was the change in focus. Okay. Um, you know, that was a, a big part of it. The firm I was with did do the trucking litigation and more commercial litigation. It, um, the family law and estate planning wasn't something that they that they were focused on. So that okay. was a part of it. And, and part of it was also wanting to own my own business, um, you know, and seeing um, whether I could make a go of it um, on my own. I will tell you that uh, nobody teaches you how to be a business owner in law school. Exactly, so, yeah. So it was, it, you know, it, it certainly hasn't been easy, but um, but it's been a, an interesting learning experience. Right. So. And, I mean, I guess, that, is that something that every, maybe that's a broad term, that most attorneys strive for is to have their own their own practice? You know, I, I 
that's a good question. I don't know. I think it's more common nowadays. Okay. Um, when I went to law school, it was more common to start with a with a medium or big size firm and get your experience right um, before you opened your own firm. Um, but I think I think today I see a lot of younger lawyers starting off um, with their own firms right off the bat. Um, you know, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think it's very difficult to get into some of those large firms. And I think people just want a little bit different quality of life. You know, if you work for yeah. a big firm, they own you. I, I've <laughs> heard that, yeah. So, um, so while, you know, the, the, we, we jokingly refer to that as the golden handcuffs, they may pay well, but you, you, you know, you may die at your desk. So. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, I, but I also think the dynamics have changed over time in that it's, it's easier to start a business um, it's, you know, it's easier to market a business, um, you know, of any type of business, you know, including law firms. So I think, um, I think younger lawyers these days, um, just, um, you know, feel more comfortable knowing that, um, that they can get out there and, and they can, they can find work to do on their own. Right. And like you said, um, I guess years ago, you had to be part of a bigger firm in in order to get experience and be seen as, as, you know, serious. Right. You know, but I know that, you know, in seeing the movies too, you see how, you know, just it, it's almost like a, a, um, a meat factory. There's, you know, new lawyers come in, they grind them up, and whoever's left standing, you know, go on and are <laughs> successful. It can be like that. I mean, not certainly not all, you know, all right. big but, firms I mean, that's, are that that's way. That's kind but... of the stereotypical vision that everybody has of that. Yeah. So I could I could see people not people wanting to avoid that, right? Not wanting to be in, in law, but not wanting to go through that experience. So you've been in family law now, um, and I'm sure you're dealing with divorces in, in, in the family law. Yes. Um, do you think divorces are increasing or decreasing in your experience? You know, I, I, I don't know that they're increasing the numbers. It's, it's changed a little bit. You see a lot more um, people who are older getting divorced now, where it mm. used to be more, um, you know, younger and middle-aged people. I now see a lot more um, older people who have empty nests and, you know, in their 60s and even 70s getting wow. divorced. So um, I'm seeing a lot more of that. Wow. So you, it's almost like they really did stay together for the kids, huh? Yeah, it seems that way. Once the kids are gone. It seems gone. that way. <laughs> My goodness. All right. So, all right. So it's always one question that I always struggle with, and so I'm going to ask you. So what's the preferred term? Is it lawyer? Is it attorney? Is it counselor? <laughs> what, what's the preferred term? Um, you know, when I introduce myself, I tell people I'm an attorney, I think. Okay. Um, um, I don't know that there's a, a preferred term. I think lawyers just fine. You don't hear counselor used as much, but right. but I think that's a huge part of what we do. And I, I think a lot of times people think of lawyers as only going to court and only litigating. But a lot of what we do is, is really a form of legal counseling. So, you know, advising people what their rights are and whether it's, you know, whether it's worth it to take a particular position or, or decide to, um, 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 to go to court, um, that right. there's a lot of counseling that goes into that. So yeah. I think that's, you know, it's a certainly a, a big part of what we do. Yeah. So I'm getting back to the divorces. I can only imagine if, if someone's been like, especially I would guess women, you know, if mm-hmm. they've been married for years and then all of a sudden it, let me ask you, is, is it more the women who are deciding they want out or is it the men in, in that older yeah. category? Um, I think it's more the women. Really? That, that's what I'm seeing more is, is that they have, um, as you said, you know, they've, they are empty nesters mm-hmm. now and maybe they stayed for the kids and um, either um, they don't really know who they are anymore um, without those kids at home or okay. they've just, you know, sat in a situation that 
um, they thought they could live with, and now they're just not willing to live with it anymore. And so I do, I, I do think it's the the women that are instituting, but it's a very scary, um, a very scary proposition for them at that point because they have been many of them haven't worked for a long right. time or haven't worked um, in a job that would fully support themselves. Um, and so it's 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 a big decision to make. You know, do I go out on my own at this point in my life and um, you know, what are, what are my, my grown children going to think of it? Exactly. Um, so there's a lot of considerations that go into that. Um, yeah. I, I can only imagine. Um, so what advice would you give people who are shopping for an attorney, mm-hmm. regardless of reason? So um, I, I, I think it, it's really easy to go find lawyers on the Internet these days, obviously. It's, That's a you know, scary thing. It, it, it's a little bit scary, <laughs> right? I mean, you can walk around the, the courthouse square in Conroe and you can and see all the, the lawyer um, – um, signs uh, for all the the legal shops around here, so that's one way. But um, right. um, but there are there are some some websites that um, that particularly cater um, to people looking for lawyers. There's one called Avvo A V V O dot com. That's a really good one, and it rates lawyers. And there's um, there's um, usually reviews by other lawyers and former clients. You know, of, oh, okay. to, so you can get an idea if, if they've got a good or a bad reputation. But you know. Um, uh, for most people, I think, you know, personal referrals are the best, you know, asking friends and family. Right. Um, I, we get a lot of business these days from Facebook. Um, you know, it, it, people are asking on Facebook, does anybody know a divorce lawyer? Oh, my gosh. And surprisingly so. But, yeah. Or does anybody know this kind of lawyer? Um, and so you get a lot of a lot of questions like that um, there. And so, you know, I certainly refer people that I know that do things different, you know, different types of law than I do. Um, I, you know, will certainly tell people if I know somebody that's in that, um, that practice that type of law. Um, but then again, you know, the other, the other place to look is, um, the local bar associations. So Montgomery County has a bar association. The Woodlands also has a bar association. Mm. Um, obviously Houston has its own bar association. And so those are good places to call, um, and say, this is the type of legal issue I've got and I need this kind of lawyer. Uh, the state bar is also a good resource for that. Okay. Are there are there key things that you would suggest people look for mm-hmm. in an attorney? Um, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, obviously finding somebody that, that knows the area of law that your issue is in. Mm-hmm. So if it's a bankruptcy um, issue, don't hire a family lawyer that only does family law and doesn't do bankruptcy. Right. Um, you know, don't hire a family lawyer to do securities law no, <laughs> or yeah. set up your business. I mean, there's, there's, you know, you have to find somebody that has experience in that area. And, and there aren't that many general practitioners anymore. It used to be, you know, um, years ago that one lawyer would do a little bit of everything. They might okay. set up your business and do your will and, um, you know, go to court for you if you had to sue somebody across the street. Um, but it's, it, that's, that's not that common anymore where you find the general practitioners, most people do um, focus on one area. Um, but I think, you know, um, once you've gone beyond finding out what type of practice they have and whether they can help you with your need is finding somebody that you're comfortable with. I mean, if you, you know, if you have a legal problem, you want to um, be working with somebody that you, that you know, like, and trust. And so if you don't feel comfortable with that lawyer, then the outcome is not likely to be good just because you don't feel like, you know, you've gotten the the resources that you wanted. And so, um, so I think, you know, having a good comfort level with your lawyers is very important. And so, you know, everybody, there may be five lawyers out there that can do exactly what you need in the same price range. But if, you know, if you don't feel comfortable um, with four of those five, then you should 
go with the one you feel comfortable talking yeah. to. Okay, very good. That's great, great information. So we're talking with Teresa DeFord, the owner of the DeFord Law Firm. Um, and when we come back, Teresa's going to talk a little bit about estate planning and how to take that very important first step. Stay with us. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks, along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936-539-7825 to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. The Hispanic Chamber Connection is sponsored by the Amel Insurance Agency, located at 719 Sawdust Road, Suite 103, The Woodlands, Texas. The Amel Agency is a family-owned insurance agency that provides home, life, automobile, and umbrella insurance coverage. Since 2006, the Amel Agency has been a bilingual insurance service for businesses and private citizens in the Montgomery County area. For more information on the Amel Insurance Agency, please visit the Hispanic Chamber Connection at www.irlonestar.com slash hcc. The Amel Insurance Agency is available by telephone at 832-525-5656 or online www.amelagency.com. The Amel Insurance Agency is a sponsor of this program and the Hispanic Chamber Connection thanks you. This is Rick TRC. Every Tuesday on my show, Afternoons with Lone Star, from 3 to 7, I play back-to-back -back classic rock hits. That's right. I like to call it a two-for Tuesday or a three-for whatever it is you'd like. Call the request line, 936-647-3776, or message me on Facebook, Afternoons with Lone Star, make a music request. That's right. You can do it. Here's what else. Go over to our website, IRLoneStar.com. Get the app on your phone. It's easy. You'll like it. Welcome back. This is the Hispanic Chamber Connection. Uh, this is a radio program that features and promotes members of the Texas Gulf Coast Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. My name is Tom Brody. I'm the Vice President of Membership for the Chamber. If you have any questions that you'd like to ask our guest, Teresa DeFord, please text them to me at 713-906-3710 and we'll be sure to ask her. Um, like I mentioned before the break, we're going to talk about estate planning. And so my question to you is, what's the best way to talk to a loved one about estate planning, particularly aging parents who may not have anything in place? I mean, what things should be completed or covered first? Yeah, that's that's a very tough conversation for a lot of people to have. Yeah. Um, um, when they're talking with with um, their elderly loved ones, I think it's it's you know, it's, it's just important to start the conversation and say, you know, m mom and dad, especially, you know, we, we want to make sure that, that we're able to take care of things if you need us at some point. Um, right. And it, and it, 
the point in everyone's life, there's going to become a point where we're going to need somebody else's help. Um, and so I, I, I think sort of that's the best way to, to approach is, you know, have you, have you done any planning? And I'm not trying to be nosy, you know, I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of kids um, are, are concerned about coming off that way. And, and a lot of parents probably don't share because they're concerned about their mm. kids being a little nosy about right. what, what their plans are. Um, and, you know, what I would tell people is you don't have to necessarily ask, you know, what have you done or, you know, or, you know, what, you know, what am I getting? But, but have you done the planning? And, right. and if not, you know, maybe we should consider this so that when the time comes, we can be in a position to help you and, um, and, and, and be able to take care of you when that time comes. Yeah, I think other than, you know, finding out what they get in the will is just, you know, how they want the funeral to be handled. Yeah. Um, I know that my dad had all of that stuff already planned out and, and bought the and bought the program and it was all done. Right. <laughs> and and it was that was such a blessing, you know, not to have to make all those decisions, you yeah. know, and to have all that stuff ironed out. It was it was awesome. So along those lines, if if, if people are trying to do something, get those things started, what's the most important? Um, a power of attorney or a will? If a person can only have one. Hmm. Which one would you suggest? And it depends is not an acceptable answer. I know that's what lawyers like to say. So forget that one. You've got to make a choice. Which one? Okay. So if I had to choose, I would actually say powers of attorney okay. are more important. Um, and the reason for that is that uh, powers of attorney are important while you're still alive. Um, but you need assistance. So right. the will is only effective once you're gone. So if you really don't care what happens once you're gone, you know, you don't necessarily need the will. I mean, okay. I, I'm, I'm not telling you don't need yeah, a will, yeah, but, sure. <laughs> but, um, but it's out of your hands at that point, right? right. You know, so right. if you haven't planned for it, you know, the state actually has a will for you if you have not planned for it yourself. I mean, there are rules about how things will be inherited. If you didn't put it down on paper, the state, the state has a pathway for that to happen. Okay. Uh, a lot of times it's not how you would want it to happen. So that's a reason to investigate that and find out, you know, exactly what would happen. Um, and it can become more cumbersome if you don't have the will. But, but, but getting back to, you know, the important, if I had to choose, I really think I would choose powers of attorney. Now, there are, there are two different types of powers of attorney. Mm -hmm. um, there's a medical power of attorney first, and that deals with medical decisions. Right. Um, um, so if you are in an accident and are incapacitated and need somebody to make medical decisions for you, such as, you know, do we take this person in for surgery? Um, you know, do we um, give them a blood transfusion? Those are decisions that somebody has to make. And if you're out of it, you can't right. make that decision. So that's an important one. Um, and if you give somebody a medical power of attorney to make those decisions for you, you need to make sure that they also have a HIPAA release. So, and that's the, I, I'm, I'm going to bungle the, the full name of it, but it's essentially the, the privacy laws that apply to medical information. Right, so, so they, can, they can have those records to make the decision. Exactly. Right. So, if, you know, you could have a medical power of attorney but may not have access to the information. And if the doctor can't tell you what's in the medical records, oh, yeah. then you can't really make a valid decision. Okay. Um, so, so that's important for those situations. Again, you know, a, you know, a, a good example of a short-term need is you've been in an accident and you need somebody to make a decision. Um, longer term um, is things like, you know, as we get older and, and there's more prevalence of, of Alzheimer's or dementia, mm. at some point, you know, we may not be mentally competent to make a decision about our, me our medical care. And so it, it's also important for that purpose. Okay. Um, 
Same goes for the, the other type of power of attorney, which is um, a lot of times you hear it called a durable statutory power of attorney. Um, I call them legal financial powers of attorney. So there's the medical and then there's legal financial. Okay. Um, and the legal financial power of attorney is for the same purpose. So if you're in an accident, you know, you're in the hospital for a week and the mortgage payment needs to get made or somebody needs to deal with the insurance company, the legal financial power of attorney can give someone the authority to deal with those issues. Um, or if you're in, you know, in a situation where you're either in an accident or maybe you have a stroke and you're incapacitated for a longer mm. period of time, you need somebody to make sure that, that the wheels keep turning, right? If you have a business to run, you need to make sure that somebody is in charge to be able to run that business. You need to be able to make sure the bills are getting paid and, um, uh, and decisions are being made for you um, for your long-term care. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so you know, I, I really feel that those are more important um, because, you know, when I'm still here, I want to be taken care of. I don't want, you know, um, um, that to, to fall into the wayside. Right. The problem with with not having those things done is that um, uh, you're considered a competent adult to make decisions for yourself, um, even if you're not, until a court determines otherwise, unless you have these documents. So if you don't have the powers of attorney and something happens, say, you know, I have a stroke and I'm in the, you know, I'm um, incapacitated for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Now my husband would have to go to court to be declared the guardian of me and and my estate and to be able to make legal decisions for me. Right. And that's very expensive. It's very time consuming and it's completely avoidable with powers of attorney in place. Wow. That's, that's great. That's great information. Um, cause th- that was kind of what I was thinking too, but I, I could, I could just assume like you're talking about, if, if you had a stroke, you may be incapacitated for a period of time and then you may recover. You might. But, but in yeah. the time it's like you're, you can't, you can't do anything. You can't during. communicate because mm-hmm. I've heard people had that problem. They can't communicate for right. a number of weeks or so, and and things have to be handled. So yeah, that's, right. that's very important. So if people haven't done that, that's something yeah. they should get done even before a will. Because I know people don't like talking about wills, but maybe the power of attorneys an easier conversation to have. I I, th- I think sometimes it is. I think it is an easier thing to say. You know. You know. Again. You know. You can use the accident example. Yeah. I mean. Many of us are going to be in an accident or have a medical emergency at some point in our life. Um, we may not want to talk about the end. We may not want to talk about our death, but right. but we're willing to consider the fact that that um, we might be in a position to need some at least short-term assistance. Um, right. So you know it works for short-term or long-term, but you know but better to have it done um, when when the person still can make those decisions because like the example you gave of the stroke while I might recover it might be a long time right um, and and during the time that somebody can't determine if I'm competent I can't sign one right no that's very that's very true so in the state planning are, are there any unique Texas laws that that people need to be aware of when they're approaching estate planning mm-hmm um, I'm not so sure about unique, but um, just some particulars about Texas law. Like I said, I mean, if you don't have a will, the state has a will for you. It's okay. called intestate um, succession. So, you know, the, the, the state will determine who your um, heirs are and where your property goes and how it happens. Um, but it, it's still, like I said, a little bit more cumbersome for that to happen. Okay. Um, um, a lot of times the court has to be in charge of, of um, the process and that gets expensive um, because there's a lot of reporting that goes on. So having the will can take take out a lot of the, the cumbersome parts of that. Um, the, the problem with not having a will um, in Texas, um, if you decide you're just going to let the state determine, 
what should happen um, is that a lot of people don't know what what's going to happen. And so um, it, particularly in situations where you have second marriages uh, mm. and you may have kids from a first marriage, right. uh, the rules are not as clear as you might think about how um, property gets distributed. And so if you get married for the second time and think that everything's going to your uh, new spouse if you pass away, that's not necessarily the case. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so if you have, you know, children from another marriage, they can, um, they will inherit some of your property and that can cause a lot of, a lot of problems with new spouse and kids from the prior marriage. Yeah, so I, can, gets, I can imagine. It gets very, very messy. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, I was going to say, there, there are, I'll call them wills in the box uh, services out there, like yeah. LegalZoom, mm-hmm. LegalShield. How would you differentiate those wills from the estate planning services you provide? So, um, you know, I, I think there's, uh, there's a need for for things like that. I understand why people want to um, to do it without lawyers. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's certainly more costly to come to a lawyer. Um, but you know, I would really encourage people to at least talk with a lawyer. Most most I would say that most lawyers um, offer you know estate planning consultations free. Not okay. all, but I, a majority of them do. I do, um, and at least you have an idea of 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 what what that attorney can do for you. And, and um, for, for instance, I mean, if somebody comes to me, um, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk about their family. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about what their goals are, um, what their most biggest concerns are. You know, those concerns are different for a young family with minor children um, up, as opposed to ones with teenagers or, you know, older people whose, whose children are grown and gone and may have grandchildren. Right. Um, everyone's different. You know, some people are more concerned about that you know, if something happens to one of the spouses, what happens if you remarry? Some people are very concerned about that. Um, it, you know, so, sometimes you may have somebody in your family that um, um, that is not good with money, and if they were to inherit, that might be a bad thing. Or if they mm-hmm. have, um, 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 you know, problems like drug or alcohol problems, that it would not be a good idea for them to get a bunch of money. There's yeah. ways to handle that. Okay. Um, so, so, you know, we really explore and dig in to see... Um, you know what's the best plan, um, and what the goals are for for the people that we're that we're helping. And again, we talk about things like powers of attorney. We talk about um, directives to physicians, which are the documents that determine or, or state what you want to happen at the end of your life, whether you want to be kept comfortable or whether you want to um, them to use extraordinary measures to keep you alive. Okay. Um, you know, if you if you go on Legal Zoom, just like TurboTax, they're going to walk you through a bunch of questions. Um, and sometimes you don't know the the right or wrong way to answer those questions. Right. Um, and so, what comes out of the doc in the box of the you know the, the the documents in a box? Maybe you may think that you got what you wanted, but how do you know? Right. <laughs> you know, without any guidance. So yeah. that's that's the the danger of those. Um, the other problem I've seen with them is that um, a lot of people go on and go through the process. They print out the documents, and then either they don't sign them at all, or they don't sign them correctly. And so right. there's a process to go through to do it correctly under the you know under state law to make sure it's it's signed in the right way. Okay. Um, and and so that that a lot of times gets messed up. And so so you know I, a lot of if you talk to any lawyer that does estate planning or probate, they will say, um, you know, Legal Zoom keeps us in business because we have to <laughs> fix the problems. That's a good point. <laughs> okay, well, very good. We're talking with Teresa DeFord, owner of the DeFord Law Firm. And when we come back, Teresa's going to talk a little about common misconceptions about attorneys. 
Stay with us. You don't want to miss this. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. The Hispanic Chamber Connection is sponsored by the ML Insurance Agency. Located at 719 Sawdust Road, Suite 103, The Woodlands, Texas. The ML Agency is a family-owned insurance agency that provides home, life, automobile, and umbrella insurance coverage. Since 2006, the ML Agency has been a bilingual insurance service for businesses and private citizens in the Montgomery County area. For more information on the ML Insurance Agency, please visit the Hispanic Chamber Connection at www.irlonestar.com hcc. The ML Insurance Agency is available by telephone at 832-525-5656 or online www.mlagency.com. The ML Insurance Agency is a sponsor of this program and the Hispanic Chamber Connection thanks you. Welcome back. This is the Hispanic Chamber Connection, a radio program that features and promotes members of the Texas Gulf Coast Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. My name is Tom Brody, and I'm the Vice President of Membership for the Chamber. If you have any questions that you'd like us to ask our guest, who's Teresa DeFord today, uh, please text them to me at 713-906-3710. So when we went to break, um, we promised that we were going to talk about common misconception about attorneys, and we'll get to that in just a second. But the one thing I want to talk about quickly um, is to all the members out there of the Chamber. Um, if you're a member of the, of the Hispanic Chamber and you have not signed up for the Chamber app that we've got in development, please do so. Uh, we're looking at probably the end of next week to have our website up and running. And the first ones are going to be on our website are going to be the, those who have signed up for the member app. So if you haven't done that, um, it's one of the things that it's, it's going to impact your business so tremendously. I don't know why you wouldn't. Uh, if you get our newsletter and, and you haven't seen the example of another chamber, 
using the software, please check that out. Um, it's about a four-minute video, and I'll walk you through how it functions, how people are going to be able to find you. Uh, the interesting thing about our chamber is that we're going to have a filter on there. So if your company is bilingual, people will be able to search for you by that feature and then by whatever service you, services you provide as well. But that's unique to our chamber because I've, I've talked to the company who's building the, our application, and they said no one else has asked for that filter, which I think is amazing. So why wouldn't you? I mean, you know, that, that's a feature that not many people highlight. So if you're a chamber member and you're bilingual, please send me an email and tell me that. Um, so I can put that in the filter and that you can get found that way. Okay, Teresa, now now we're back to you. Um, what are some of the common misconceptions about attorneys in general? And then we can talk about the common misconceptions about family law attorneys. So I would say that the biggest misconception about lawyers is that we're all rich. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know, I, I think probably most of us are, are probably a little bit more like the Lincoln lawyer. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie where he's he's kind of working out of his car, oh, okay. <laughs> going day by day. I mean, um, I, I I think it's a big misconception. I you know there there are obviously lawyers in in the big firms that um, that make a lot of money, and and there are people like Rusty Harden and you know mm. um, the big high profile um, criminal defense lawyers that make a lot of money, but. But, but most of us are, are, you know, I would say solidly in the middle class okay. of, of, of earners. So that's, I think, a big misconception. Okay. What about family law attorneys? Um, you know, for family law attorneys, I think, I think there's a, the, a big misconception that, that the lawyers don't care about their clients. Mm, okay. Um, and, and I would say that's absolutely the furthest from the truth. Um, you know, most... Most lawyers I know, certainly ones practicing family law, we're waking up in the middle of the night worrying about our cases. Um, we're thinking about cases in the shower. I mean, it's it's mm. it's not a, you know, a, a eight to five job. It is something that um, that if you didn't have a heart for it, you wouldn't be in family law to begin with. And so sometimes we have to tell people things they don't like. Sometimes there are results that happen that we don't like, um, and and we have to be. Um, um, strong and and advise our clients correctly on those things and, and a lot of times the clients don't necessarily like it but um but i think that um that they'd be surprised to know how much we do care really um, okay well that, that that's good to hear um because i can imagine just you know being in those situations that are, are just so heart-wrenching from a, a family standpoint having a family of your own i can only imagine you know what position that puts you in you know you want to do something for, for right. the family right and, and your hands may be tied, and sometimes we're just as we're just as heartbroken as they are yeah. over a result. I mean, in many times, sometimes more so. I mean, um, it's 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 very definitely a very difficult practice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I noticed on your website too that you had some blog posts um, that that covered some very interesting topics, but <laughs> some of the older posts are just titles now, and I, I wanted to find out about those things. So, are you going to start blogging again? I, you know, I do need to start blogging again. Okay. Um, and I most of I think what you saw on the website was probably estate planning. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, obviously we do more than that. So I kind of got started and, and got stalled out on it a little bit, but, um, it's something I would like to pick up again and start doing it. And of course, nowadays I could be doing it on, you know, audio stations or, or video on Facebook. Oh, so, absolutely. um, the world is, 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 is ever changing in that, in that arena. And I think that that tells a lot about, about you, um, and, and where your heart is and, and, and and, you know, what you're trying to do for your clients. And so rather than having to sit down, to me, that seems like that's what would be an easy way for people to get to know you a little bit. 
Um, you said you have a Facebook page too. Are you manning that yourself or you have someone else manning the Facebook page um, for you? I don't man it myself. I okay. did for a long time. That's got to um, take a lot of time. It's a lot of time. Um, it, it, it does take a lot of time. So I have um, um, a woman, her name's Emily Artificavich. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, it's a mouthful. Some people call her Emily Art. <laughs> yeah, Emily A. I think. Emily I, a. I've met her before and we, we about six of us struggled to try to get that, that name out. <laughs> so she's my client services director and she handles all of my um, Manning of the Facebook page, and, okay. she, and she does a fabulous job. She she puts things out there, um, good information about what we do, um, good inspirational comments about um, you know dealing with the difficult topics such as divorce and estate mm. planning and probate. Um, and she does a great job of of getting that good information out to people. Yeah, that's awesome. So a little bit lighter question now. Um, you mentioned one of your blog posts. I read that pets cannot own property. <laughs> Right, but we often hear about people who who leave things to their pets in their will. Yeah. So if if that's if they can't own property, how does someone do that, and is that even advisable? Um, so generally, it's not advisable. Okay. Well, <laughs> to leave it to the pet. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's funny because you do hear that every once in a while, mm-hmm. but it's it's usually very rich, very strange, eccentric people. Right. <laughs> um, you know, most of us are not leaving big sums of money to our pets. Um, in fact, pets are property in Texas. I mean, okay. as, as much as we love our pets, I have two golden retrievers myself. Um, you know, as much as we love our pets, they are they are property. So um, they're not people um, that have have rights um, to inherit or be you know have visitation in a divorce or anything like that. Um, but some to answer your question, some people will um, if they're very concerned. Um, about their pet being taken care of and don't necessarily have a family member or friend that they would trust to do that, they can appoint you know, someone to take care of their pet, sort of a guardian, um, okay. and then provide in a trust uh, money for that pet to be taken care of. Um, you know, I mean, for most pets, we're, they're not going to... Um, they're not going to live that much longer than us. Right. They're not going to outlive us, and you know, unless we're already um, at that point um, of being close to the end of our lives. So it's it's not an issue that comes up for most people. Um, but you know, you know, if you were, um, ex, you know, if you were um, close to the end of your life and were concerned about that, that is something that could be done to make sure that the pet's taken care of. Okay. Are there are there places that will take in pets that way? I mean, are are you forced to to like nominate a family member to be the guardian of the pet. Yeah, I'm not aware of any place that does take okay. in pets for that purpose. Um, that's interesting. I now I have to go search it. I've I never heard of it. Like, but you know, you give them off to a ranch. I mean, right, I, <laughs> right. Well, I know you know I know for horses there are sanctuaries. Exactly, yeah. um, you know, but you know for cats and dogs I'm not so sure. I, yeah. they're, they're, I, you know I wouldn't be surprised if there were. Yeah. Um, I just am not aware of them. But generally, you know, the idea is to is to have a friend or family member be the one to take care of right. of those pets. Okay. Well, very good. So we kind of talked a lot, a lot about a lot of different things, but I'd like to give you a chance to describe your ideal client. Mm-hmm. Who are you looking for? So, you know, I my ideal client, probably whether it's estate planning or divorce or any family law matter, um, is somebody who um, who is looking for answers mm-hmm. and is willing to take guidance um, and, and it is to some extent a self-starter. Um, I, I t- <clears throat> excuse me. I tell um, people a lot that um, um, I, I like I like to work with empowered people, mm. um, or you know, some, and not everyone is in that point place in their life where they feel empowered. But as long as they're 
they're willing to get there and that's where they want to get to, okay. that's my ideal client is somebody that you know, wants to be empowered, wants to take action in their life, um, whether it be in protecting their family um, in the estate planning or probate process or protecting themselves um, through the divorce process or any other family law situation. Um, if they're willing and, and motivated to be empowered to take care of their lives, then those, those are the people I like working with. Okay. Well, very good. So you described your, your perfect client. So what makes your firm stand out from the other attorneys in family law? I think our firm stands out because we, uh, we're not cookie cutter. I mean, okay. we, we don't have a, you come in, we file this, we, we go to court, we do X, Y, Z. Uh, we meet with our clients. We have strategy sessions. Um, we, we look at each situation differently. We look at how much money the client has to achieve their goals um, and, and try to work within that budget, mm. um, you know, because, you know, sometimes we can, sometimes we can't, but, but, but we have those conversations. So, right. um, and, and then the client makes the decision is, as to whether they're willing to go um, further if it's going to cost more or they're willing to make a certain decision if there's a potential risk to that, whether it's monetary or not. Um, so, you know, we, we, we definitely apply um, a strategy to each different situation and, and, and look towards what the client wants and advise them what they can possibly achieve. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Um, so we're talking with Teresa DeFord. She's owner of the DeFord Law Firm. And when we come back, I'm going to ask Teresa about intellectual property, and it's not what you might think. Stay with us. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your question. Get seen on TV or YouTube and heard on our podcast, FM, and Internet Radio. Sponsor your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Does your company have needs that can be met by an employee who is dependable, hardworking, enthusiastic, motivated, cooperative, respectful, and punctual? Conroe Independent School District at Special Education Department can meet your needs by connecting you with potential employees that have been preparing for a lifetime of employment. We have numerous individuals seeking paid and unpaid work experiences. If your company is interested in seeing how we can meet your business needs, call Conroe ISD Special Education Department to find the best employees for you at 936-709-7671. The Hispanic Chamber Connection is sponsored by the Amel Insurance Agency, located at 719 Sawdust Road, Suite 103, The Woodlands, Texas. The Amel Agency is a family-owned insurance agency that provides home, life, automobile, and umbrella insurance coverage. Since 2006, the Amel Agency has been a bilingual insurance service for businesses and private citizens in the Montgomery County area. For more information on the Amel Insurance Agency, please visit the Hispanic Chamber Connection at www.irlonestar.com slash hcc. The Amel Insurance Agency is available by telephone at 832-525-5656 or online www.amelagency.com. The Amel Insurance Agency is a sponsor of this program and the Hispanic Chamber Connection thanks you. 
Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back. This is the Hispanic Chamber Connection, a radio program that features and promotes members of the Texas Gulf Coast Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. My name is Tom Brody. I'm the Vice President of Membership for the Chamber. If you have any questions for our guest today, Teresa DeFord, please text them to me at 713-906-3710. When we went to break, we were talking about intellectual property. Um, and I saw an article on your website that talks about that, and it's not at all what I thought. So what you're really describing is a person's digital footprint or their digital assets, right? Like right. their Facebook page, the web page, or YouTube, whatever. And the importance of, of leaving your family a way to access those assets. Tell us why this is important. Yeah, so I, most people think about intellectual property as, you know, trademarks and copyrights and, you know, patents. Um, but for, um, and, and, and those are unusual things for most people to have right. um, in their, you know, as part of their property. But all of us, well, most of us have a Facebook page. We might have an Instagram page. Um, most people have, um, you know, music libraries. Mm. Um, whether they're iTunes or they're, you know, Amazon, um, and and all of these things are their intellectual property. They're they're intangible um, pieces of property that may be difficult to access if something happens to us. Right. Um, and so you know you you hear about it a lot where um, you know someone has died and their Facebook page is frozen, and you need to get in there to get all the pictures. I mean, you know, those may be the last pictures. Um, from from that loved one that you you have, um, and and similarly with you know things like you know my Kindle library is pretty pretty big, and so oh, wow. somebody somebody might want that the value of that Kindle library to share with you know to keep for themselves. Right, so you, I mean a lot of those things you paid for, right? right? Amazon, yeah. movies, all yeah. of those things, and so um, you know unless you have number one the password to get into that, which most of us don't have passwords to our loved ones. Uh, accounts, right. um, and it may be very difficult to find if something happens to them, and we don't know what the passwords are. Facebook has come up with some some ways to to access pages. You can actually desig- designate someone to be. I just saw that your yeah. agent um, right. to get into your Facebook page if something happens to you. But but an easier way to deal with that, um, and we could do with that as part of estate planning now is is you know through powers of attorney. I mm. mean you know that that essentially gives. A legal financial power of attorney gives someone else the the legal authority to act as you, so they could get into those things. They may have to call Amazon and get the password. They may have okay. to call fast Facebook and do some work on that. But but it should be able to um, get access to those things. Um, and and similarly in your will, you can make provisions that your executor has the ability to have access, and that that you are that you are with your will, and when you're distributing property to your heirs. Uh, and beneficiaries that you does if if you do have intellectual property like what we've talked about that mm-hmm. can be distributed because um, there's value to it. Right, right. So is, is do you recommend you know short of that mm-hmm. um, having people write down their passwords or is there a software application that can handle that? There are you know there are software applications. There's good um, good password keeper 
um, applications that you would you could give someone access to okay. um, um, that would wouldn't necessarily give them access to the individual passwords, but would allow them to access through this app. Like when there's one called LastPass, and I think mm. there's um, one pass, I think is another one. Okay. Um, so those are some options. Um, there are there are, um, but there are similar applications where you can keep all of that under lock and key or give certain people access. Of course, you know, writing down on paper is an option as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I I I I talk to people and tell them that you know, um, when if you're you know if you're if you're thinking about the estate planning process, if you're ever at the point where you you may be facing a divorce. You both people need to know what what they what they own, mm. um, what um, how to get access to things. Um, so, for instance, I mean, one of the reasons I got involved in estate planning um, was that we had a friend whose husband died unexpectedly. He was fifty years old and he died of a heart attack. Wow. She had never been in the bank accounts. He had all the passwords. Oh wow! Um, she didn't even know the password to the computer to get into the bank accounts. And of course, he did everything online. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that really, you know, brought home to me the fact that, you know, people need to be having these conversations. You know, a lot of times in a marriage, um, especially, you know, one person may handle everything and, and they think, you know, they're doing a service to their spouse. They're, you know, they're not trying to hide anything. They're really right. just, look, I, you know, I'm good with money. I'll handle all this. You don't need to worry about it. But if they get hit by a bus or have a heart attack and die, right. now, you know, the surviving spouse is lost. Right. Um, so definitely sharing that information, at least knowing if you don't know the passwords, at least knowing where that information is kept and, and you know, who to call um, to get access to it um, right. is really, really important. And even if you had, like you said, the, the financial power of attorney, it's going to take time. It takes time. To get the, because you're going to have to talk to somebody mm-hmm. at that, you know, whoever that service is to get it. Right. So having some kind of captured list in a software application or something else, I think would be so much easier. Very important. And and much more immediate yes. than, than trying to wait for someone to return a phone call or right. return a letter. Yeah, that's that's incredible. A couple of things that I wanted to go back to that we didn't we didn't talk about. We were talking about we didn't talk about fully the the whole dock in a box idea. Uh-huh. Um so I think we kind of left at the point where that's probably not the the ideal solution, but it's better than nothing, right? I mean, is, is, it, is it even worth the money that you spend on those things? Well, it, you know, I guess it depends on the money that you spend. It depends. There you know? it is. <laughs> the, lo- the, the, the regular lawyer answer. I couldn't yes. get away without saying it once. <laughs> Almost um, did it. Almost did it. <laughs> um, so it's, it, it depends on how much money you spend. I mean, okay. if you buy $79, sure, take a shot at it, you know, but, okay. um, but you may not get what you think you're getting. Okay. Well, very good. So we've been talking with Teresa DeFord, owner of DeFord Law Firm. Uh, We will see everyone next week. Thank you for listening. Thanks for checking out this show on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. This show is owned and produced by Lone Star Community Radio and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. For more information about the show, to be a guest, or to sponsor, just contact the studio at 936-647-3776 to leave a message, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com.